Well, hey, everybody, it's so good to be bringing the word this morning, and uh, especially if it's your first time with us, we're so glad that you are here. If we haven't met yet, my name is Jean-Michel, and I'm one of the pastors here at this church. And today, we're trying something a little bit new. Today's sermon is going to be super interactive, so I hope you are ready to post in that chat. Uh, We're going to be communicating a little bit today, and I pray that it really blesses you. And so to kick off, I have a question for you. When was the last time that you misread the tone of a text, right? This has happened to all of us at some point, right? That a text gets sent your way and you kind of read it and the person intended one thing, you kind of read another. When was the last time that that happened to you? Is it like a couple days ago? Maybe it's been a while. Post that in the chat. In the last seven days, maybe it's been a while. Let us know. For me, it's like uh, an hourly basis. <laughs> I'm not good at text. I am notoriously bad at texting. Anybody who knows me knows that this is true. I've fallen into this trap of misreading the tone of a text over and over again. In fact, my whole life. And I'm, I'm okay, man. I'm like mix it 1.6. I remember, you know, this is, these are days long gone, things that don't exist. That's where I started. I was bad then. I'm bad now. And the worst for me has actually always been the response K. When you just get a K that comes back, oh man, as soon as, you know, you send this super long text to someone and you just get K, one letter back. Hey, I don't know about you, but for me, that immediately generates anxiety and fear and tension. I think that, you know, universally we kind of know that K kind of has a bit of spice on it if you send it back. But uh, sometimes people don't really mean it to be what we think it is, right? And uh, that happens all the time. I'm sure it's happened to you. Uh, You know that tone is everything. Tone in communication is the foundation that everything is built on. If you think about our language and how we communicate with each other, if we, we can use the same exact words but change the tone of how we say it and it means a completely different thing. And that's why it's so difficult in texting to kind of get that right because we never know exactly what someone is trying to say because we can't hear the tone. But it's super, super important for communication to be right. And so today... Our sermon title is Set the Tone. Let's pray for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence in. And as we spend these next few minutes just chatting about your word, we pray that you'll teach us. You'll come and open up our minds and our hearts. We ask for you to have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, for the next few moments... I want you to read the scripture that's about to come on the screen. I told you that today we're going interactive, right? So for the next few minutes, I want you just to read that scripture. And uh, I'm not going to read it to you. You're just going to take a minute. If you're watching with someone at home or wherever you are, just read the scripture that comes out. Read it out loud and uh, read it to yourself today. So are you ready? Okay, here we go. Amen. All right. I hope you got through that. That's our scripture for today, and I want to ask you, as you were reading that scripture, as Jesus was interacting with his disciples, what was the tone that Jesus said those words in? 
What what did it mean for you? You know, maybe it sounded to you in your mind as you were reading it that Jesus was frustrated. Or maybe even he was angry with his disciples. Maybe he was a little sad. Come, just post in the chat. What did you think? Did you feel like Jesus was frustrated? How was he feeling? And what tone did Jesus speak to his disciples in? There's no wrong answer, so don't worry to post whatever you want in the chat. There's no wrong answer. But I'm going to read that scripture. And now I want you to listen. I want you to listen to the tone. Here we go. Matthew 8 verse 23 says this. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, You of little faith, why? Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Church, this scripture is a powerful and beautiful telling of who Jesus is in our lives. He is the calmer of the storms. That's who Jesus is. It's such a beautiful, beautiful picture. But let me say that tone is everything. Truly, truly, if you read that kind of set of scriptures in any kind of tone, it changes the whole picture, the whole dynamic. Maybe for you, you felt like Jesus was really, really angry. But let me tell you, there is a whole other way to read this scripture and to understand the heart of who God really is. You know, the way that we grow up influences the way that we read scriptures like this. Maybe you grew up and your parents were quite harsh with their words. Maybe you felt growing up that you you really struggled to please them. You felt like you were wrong all the time. Maybe even you felt like, Like the words coming against you kind of pulled you down, kind of destroyed you a little bit. Maybe you had a harsh teacher that you you tried and tried, but you just never seemed to be able to please. You, you, You feel like you were condemned along the way. All of these influence the tone of how we read Jesus' words. You see, Jesus is a teacher. They called him rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. It means he was a teacher of the word to those who followed him, to his disciples. He was a teacher. He used to teach them all the time. And as a teacher, depending how you kind of grew up with your parents, with your teachers, with your lecturers, with the people in your life, you then take those ideas and you place them on anyone who's about to teach you. But I want to say this to you today, that Jesus was not an angry teacher. He was not angry at all. Check this out. Jesus was the friend of sinners. He was the healer of the brokenhearted, and he was close to those that society felt were not good. He was close to those like not good enough. And let me say this to you. Jesus never babied his disciples. He really didn't. He, he, he often challenged them. He often spoke to them in a way that would help them grow. Because I want you to see this. Jesus was a coach. Jesus was a trainer. 
He never wanted to break his disciples down, but he always sought to build them up and encourage them to achieve more. See, God is not sitting there trying to point out all your flaws and tell you how you're wrong and how you need to get better. What he wants to do is help build us up, give us confidence. And so I want to read a little bit of that scripture again. I want you to listen to this. Matthew 8 verse 25 says this, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Do you see the difference in the tone? Jesus is not there saying, hey, you don't have enough faith, you better get better. What he's saying is, you know what? You can do it. You have the faith in you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to coach you all the way there because I want you to succeed. I don't want you to be afraid. He always sought to build his disciples up. And by extension, he seeks to build you up with confidence, to raise your confidence in who he has made you to be. In the same way today, he wants to speak into your life. He is a good father. And any father, any good father, wants to see their children confident, to walk out bold and as strong as possible, to be secure in who they are. You see, currently, church, we live in a world full of, of fear, full to the brim of fear. If it's not the pandemic, if it's not a doctor's diagnosis, then it's the economy or it's political unrest or whatever's going on. There is just fear everywhere. At every turn, fear is gripping and taking people's hearts. And so now more than ever, it is so vital that you and I, children of God, know who God says we are. What is God's idea of us what does he think about us we need to know that because if we're going to make it through this this season of fear we need to overcome it not by ourselves and our own abilities we need to know who God says we are so that that fear can't take hold of our hearts I want to say this and I want you to listen carefully If we see God as a disciplinarian demanding perfection from us, we will live in fear of his correction. But when we know that he loves us, his tone is soft and encouraging, we will welcome his voice to come and teach us, even to challenge us and to move us into his best Come on, I want to say this. Every one of us needs to grow. Every one of us needs to get better. Every one of us goes through challenges and issues in our lives where we need to get better. That's all of us. And God is our coach. He's our trainer. He's our teacher. He's the one who's going to point out the things that need to grow, that need to get better. He's the one. And so if we live feeling like he's always kind of mad at us and that he's, he's coming to, to reprimand us, then we will, we will live in fear. Come on, maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel like there's an area of your life you need help in. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe there's a sin even that you're struggling with. You know what happens when we live in fear and anxiety of our coach, of our God? When we hide those things away, we, 
we, we bottle them up. We, we, we don't want to bring them out because we're afraid. We are anxious of what he's going to say to us. We know it's not good, and so we try and hide it. But I want to tell you today that the way that God wants to train us and teach us and even challenge us is not to break us down. It's not to destroy us, but it's actually to build us up. It's to edify us. It's to encourage us. It's to inspire and build confidence in you. You see, fear and anxiety have no place in the heart of a believer. If you are a child of God, you are not born to live in fear. You're not born to live with anxiety all over the place. God wants to remove that from your life, especially in the world we live in right now. He wants to remove fear and anxiety from you. And so right now, today, he is setting the tone. I want you to hear his voice with fresh ears. Let him inspire you to be better, to walk in the righteousness that he has placed in your life. You've got to listen with fresh ears. Let go of your father, your mom, your, your teacher, that person in your life where you received harsh words, critical words from. Release that and hear the soft, encouraging, confident voice of God saying to you, you can do it. You can do it. You have the faith. You have the wisdom. You have the life. You have the peace. You have the joy. You have the ability. I've given it to you. Now step up. Come on. Son, daughter, step up into what I have given you. It's time. I've got your back. I'm behind you. Have faith. Have faith. You can do it. I want to read to you from the book of 1 John chapter 4. And I want you to see something so profound. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 to 19 says this. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Check this out. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Church, the opposite of fear is not faith. Although we, we've said that as a church and it's powerful and it's beautiful. Faith over fear. Amen. I believe that. I'm with you. But the opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is love. It's the love of God that he has for you. It's the confidence and the sure footing foundation that your God will never let you down. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He wants to grow you. He wants to shape you. He wants to mature you. He wants to grow you up. The opposite of fear is the never-ending, powerfully overcoming love of God. And it's our foundation. It sets the tone for all the communication from God. See, God doesn't come from a place of anger, frustration. He comes from a place of love. And when he speaks to you, he speaks from that love. And today, in this world, if we want to be free from the fear that is gripping the hearts of this world now, Free from that fear. First, we have to be free from the fear of God. 
I'm not talking about wisdom or awe or the fear of the Lord. I'm talking about actually being afraid of God and him speaking into your life. We have to be free of that fear first before God can set us free from the fear that exists in this world. And so if that's you today, maybe you have been feeling this way. Maybe you've been feeling that fear is just difficult to get across. You know, God, he's this powerful, all-knowing, and, and perfect God, and he demands perfection, and I've got to live up to his standard, and I've got to be a good Christian and a good person. Maybe you've been feeling that way for a while, and it's actually got you to maybe run away from God, not let him into those deepest, darkest moments of your life. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person who's been part of this message today. I thank you, Lord God, that you are busy setting us free from fear, that we wouldn't be afraid of anything in this world. But the way that we get there is through being free from the fear of you, knowing that you have our backs, knowing that you want us to grow, you want us to succeed. You're not here bringing pain and disaster into our lives, but instead you are bringing love and hope into our lives. I speak that into every person today. I pray, Lord Jesus, you'll bring us to a new revelation of your encouraging, challenging voice that gets us to grow, that gets us to stand up. You believe in us, God, and we want you to have your way in our lives. So I pray that over every person. Let love conquer fear. Let it remove fear. Let it drive fear out today. Remind us who we are in you. We are your children, and we are free from fear.